All right, Leo Fernandez, thanks for taking the time on a Sunday to come on the podcast. I know we've, we've grown up in a similar area, both from Long Island. I play with your brothers. Uh, really happy to have you on, man, and, you know, hear about your journey and uh, your behind the scenes, you know, from college all the way to playing professionally, succeeding very well with the Rowdies. So, yeah, man, really, really excited to get going. If you can just introduce yourself, you know, where you're from, your name, uh, position. Um, yeah, then we can get going. Yeah, man, thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, my name Leo Fernandez. I was born in Brazil, uh, moved to New York when I was six years old, um, playing all those uh, local clubs in, in the Queens area. I uh, played for B.W. Gachi, uh, Medoval, um, so yeah, just just uh, doing that that grind in, in the Queens area, playing for a bunch of teams. Uh, I stuck with with Gachi during the academy days, and then after that, uh, I went to Stony Brook University. Uh, had a great great four years over there. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going by quick, but but like I just wanted to, you know, give you a quick 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 uh, refresher of my journey. But after after Stony Brook, I got drafted to Philadelphia Union. I played there four years. Um, one year I was on loan with New York Cosmos, all, all great times, all learning experiences. And then to, uh, 2017, uh, I moved down here to Florida, um, Tampa, Tampa bought my, uh, bought my contract and I've been here for six years now. So, you know, I've been very lucky to, to stay at one place. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's been great just playing for this city and, and living down here. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, so, you know, can you take us through, um, you know, obviously c coming from Brazil, you know, uh, tons of highly talented technical players, and I know you got a great group of brothers. How, how was that growing up? How, how was that influence? Um, you know, obviously, I know you're the oldest brother, but how was that influence? You know, I, I know your parents are also really involved, so it's really a football family. So, so how, how was that influence, you know, growing up? Yeah, like you said, no, my, my, my dad, he was the, probably the, my biggest influence and still to this day. He, he played 10 years pro in Brazil and he played in, in small, small division clubs, uh, traveled all, all over Brazil. And for, for me, it was it was just, um, you know, just he, he was the biggest influence in my life. And I grew up on the field. He would take me to his practices. And and then, um, you know, when he when he turned 30, he, he had an injury and he basically said, I'm going to just, you know, move to New York and try to have a better life for, for my family, for my kids and my wife. And he, he risked it all. So uh, I have nothing but, but love. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. But yeah, then growing up in New York with, with four uh, three younger brothers, it was, uh, you know, it was chaos. I can say, you know, two V2s all, all, all day in the backyard, one V3. Um, I always joke around with, with my little brothers because I'm, I'm the only attacker in my family and they all became like defensive <laughs> players. And I say it's because of yeah. me, just because we'd be doing like, <laughs> you know, one versus three and I would just try to be dribbling them the whole time. And, you know, but uh, it, it was uh, each each day was it was a great experience just competing. And I think that's where I got my my competitive edge just. Just every day trying to trying to win at something. If it was a video game, if it was yeah. a you know a two touch. So, uh, and I think um, that that was a big reason for my my competitiveness and my drive. 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good point. And I, I think, you know, um, being in that competitive environment and, and developing that winning mentality and that winning attitude is huge, you know, in anything you do in life, whether you want to become a pro footballer or you want to succeed in life and business. I think having that mentality of, of winning and then also having people who are, who are challenging you, um, obviously you were the older brother, but you still had, had that competitive, that competitive environment. And I think that's huge into shaping you, you know, who you are into who you are. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it comes with a positive and a negative being overly competitive, yeah. but I think by as times, you know, times went by, I think I've learned how to control it a little bit more, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, it, 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 being competitive can take you so, so many places. It, it just shows your, your, your passion and, and what, what, when, when you want to achieve something, it, it just, you know, it, it takes you to, to where you want to be. For sure. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, how did you, when did you start playing, you know, with, with a team and stuff like that? I mean, obviously you were developing under your, under your dad. When did you kind of go into, you know, um, let's say uh, competitive, competitive football? <clears throat> so, yeah, I think, you know, as long as I can remember, I, we've always, I've always been on a, on a pretty good team since I moved to New York, Come, you know, playing mm -hmm. for like, you know, the state cups and, and stuff like that. Um, so in, in my mind, I, I, we always had a pretty good team. I think what really what really changed for me, um, so when I was like 12, 13, my dad would always send me mm. to Brazil for, for summer. Mm. And for and it wasn't for vacation, you know. <laughs> it was for, <laughs> he, would send, he would literally send me to like, so like he would send me to these, uh, these academies in, in Brazil and they were, they develop players. And as soon as they turn 18, they would sell them to like the big clubs in, you know, in, in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I would, when I got there, um, yeah, funny story, everyone really didn't like me. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why, why don't these guys like me? You know, I'm over here just trying to train. And to be fair, in, in their eyes, they think I'm coming for their job. I'm coming for their spot. And at, at 13 years old, that's the last thing I'm even, thinking yeah, about. that age. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm over here yeah. just to train. You know, I, to be fair, yeah. I don't even want to be here. I, my dad sent me here. I want to yeah. be at home with, <laughs> yeah. with my friends. But, you know, that was a yeah. real eye-opener for me because I see yeah. how hard these kids are training at 13 and 14. And, you know... What I'm doing in New York, what I'm doing, you know, in, in the winter, spring and fall, is it's not even close to being enough. And I think that really opened my eyes. And then once I told once I told everyone, I'm, hey, guys, I'm, I'm just here to train. I'm, I'm leaving in August. They all became my best yeah. friend. So they were yeah, all yeah. like, oh, he's, he's, he's cool. He's, he's, he's American. I'm like, yeah, all right. I yeah. guess. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a crazy, you know, eye opening experience for me to go down mm. there so early and just really you know, show me what I have to do to, to try to make it to the next level. For sure. Yes. So what were, based on that, what were some key things you, you learned about like the environment and the, you know, the difference between the environment, you know, in the States at the time in New York and, and, and in Brazil? Yeah, I think I, what I learned in that early age is, is something that, you know, some of, some of my friends and you, you, you probably know this, that you've learned when you go on your first, uh, you know, tryout, you know, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a dog eat dog. They're, they're, it's, yeah. they're competing for jobs. And sometimes, yeah. you know, people in that where we grew up, we learned that maybe a little bit too late. And then yeah. when you finally get to experience that, that's when maybe the, the switch flips and it's like, okay, ho holy shit. I really, I really gotta, 
you know, put my put my you know full mentality into this and to even get close yeah. to to making this team. So I think over there, I learned that from from the from the jump, just because it was mm. it wasn't a game to them. It was a game, but it was something that they were trying to already make make their their life out of, even at 13, 14 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, South America, Brazil, it's it's one of the most technical, skillful places in in the world, and. What, what I was able to, to bring that style to my game and then use it in New York, use it in America, I think it really, you know, set me apart from other players. Mm, for sure. Based off of that, man, it's just, it's just very interesting what I've noticed playing places. I mean, I always think like for me, you know, always the Brazilians, the South American players, they're always just, they're, they're just much better and more fluid on the ball. You know, they're not as mechanical as like, let's say Western European players. And I'm not saying, you know, it's, it, you know, the mechanical and the, that technique stuff is bad. I think everyone has their own style, but I've always, cause I'm very interested in movement. And I just think South Americans and Brazilians just move much better. And kind of what I had like attributed it to was like, like I did a couple, um, like when I was studying movement a bit more, when I was younger, I did like some capoeira stuff and like seeing the movement and, what I wanted to ask you is like, do you, do you think that's kind of attributed to the dance culture and like the, the fun culture of, of, of South Americans and Brazilians? Because I think you guys just move much more fluidly and not as stiff, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, man. I, I, I honestly, I, I, I do, I do believe it has some sort of connection there. Um, and, you know, with, with, I think it just has to be, has to do with the fact that, Brazilians and South Americans, they're, they're just born with a ball on their feet. And, you know, the yeah. ball is just connected to them. And, you know, they're not really thinking about it. They're just they're just playing a game and it just looks like fluid to them. And for yeah. me, I'm, I'm one of the I want to say one of the the most skillful players, you know, ever. But I, I, I love to do skill moves. I love sure. to, to express myself. Um but and even in the rallies, the the announcer he he has a nickname for me. Calls me the Samba Man, and if, for people that don't know me, I, I'm I'm a terrible dancer. So it's yeah. not it, oh, it's really? not okay. yeah. I can you know I can do the basic stuff. You can dance one. with the ball though. Yeah, I dance with the yeah. ball, but without the ball, I'm clueless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think it, yeah, like I said, I think it just has to do with the fact that that just born with the ball, they see players. You know, you know. Old, older players like Ronaldinho, uh, you know, Rivaldo, all these guys that are just so skillful. And I think they, sh- mm. they just try to mimic them at, a, at an early age. And, and sure. they, just, they just build that, that, that fluid with, with, the, with the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stemming off of that, just, just uh, out of curiosity, is there like, would you, when you're in like Brazil, is it like a less stressed lifestyle? Like, for example... You know, obviously, we know New York's very aggressive, you know, uh, obviously, dog eat dog, we're trying to get this money. But like in <laughs> Brazil, obviously, they're competitive, they're competitive with 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 footy and everything. But like, how is the lifestyle? Is it more like less stress overall? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's like, in Brazil, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend years there. So I would always go for like two, three months, just, just summertime when when I wasn't at school. Uh, it was either they would go down two paths. It was either just the, the relaxing and you know partying you know path, or, mm-hmm. or the grind and, and playing soccer twenty four seven. 
So it was either one, one or two of those. Um, and I've seen both, both, you know, some of my, my family in Brazil, they, they like to relax and have barbecues over mm. the weekend. And then I've seen some players that would literally just give their life, you know, since the age of 10 and just trying to, to get mm. their family, you know, out of, out of a, a tough situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you know, also attributes to, to, you know, them giving, giving their life to football and kind of sacrificing and doing whatever it takes to get their family out. I think a lot of that development probably has to do with, you know, it's, it's, it's your only choice sometimes, right? Yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's yeah. definitely a tough, a tough situation down there, but I like to say the Brazilians, they, they make the best out of it. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, th that's one thing I really do love about Brazilian South American guys. You just like to have fun, you know, always cracking jokes, you know, so it's, you know, it, it's great, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, to, to stem off of that, man, what's also very interesting for, for uh, like, obviously not everyone has that environment, you know, being in, the, being able to go to Brazil and, and stuff like that and, and also being in a, a aggressive, not an aggressive, a competitive household, you know, with, with other footballers. Is there any way that you would, you know, recommend to younger players to like kind of, obviously you can't curate the exact environment, but to simulate that environment and find those like-minded guys to, to, to compete against and, and, you know, get better with? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, that's, like you said, it's a tough, it's a tough question. But I, I think looking back, it, my my biggest thing was was always trying to just trying to be uncomfortable, you know, uncomfortable situations, be with good players, um, and if you're dominating every day, if you're if you're scoring two three goals every game, that means you're you're probably not getting better. You're probably playing in in a in a level where you 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 shouldn't be at. You should be trying to get somewhere higher. If you're playing pickup games and you're dribbling everybody then it's probably not a, a ideal situation for yourself. Um, for me, I always wanted to challenge myself each and every day. Um, and I think, I think I did that. I, I, I didn't stay on, on many teams that I felt like I, I was just, you know, the best player or, or stuff like that. And my, my, I can remember when I was on Gachi, I was, I was nowhere near the best player. I was always in the middle of the group. Um, guys are getting called to the U.S. national team, and I was never one of those guys. And I've always put my head down and, and, and you know worked. Mm -hmm. And I think um, one of my one of my best qualities is is you know I use I use the Brazilian side of, of, of my life and in, in, in my play, and then I also had the you know the American where you put your head mm -hmm. down and, and be the right. hardest worker. Right. So I was able to to use both of those qualities and, and try to be the best player that that I can be. Um, and, and that being said, you know, even when I went to college, I wasn't being recruited. I didn't go to a big school. Uh, so, you know, I think for me, it was honestly just you can't be in a comfortable situation. I'm still not comfortable till this day. I'm mm, still trying to, mm. to get better. Um, and, and I think that's the, the biggest point that, that, that I can remember is I was never in a good situation where I'm like, oh, I'm the best player here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. good. I'm fine. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a pro player no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, th that's obviously, you know, there's so many cliche sayings that you can say, and the toughest thing is to get out of your comfort zone as as much as possible. I mean, it's easy to say, but to actually live it is is, is a totally different story. 
So, you know, uh, how did you, what's your kind of, when you're in that uncomfortable situation and, you know, maybe you're not, you're in the middle of the pack, you're not the best player, you're not getting recruited. How do you kind of flip the switch? What do you say to yourself to, you know, kind of transition to, all right, I'm getting this work in today instead of just, you know, laying on the couch and kind of being, um, feeling mm-hmm. sorry for yourself. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it, it might, it might sound like a cliche, but these are, these are things that I've done. I did well when I was younger in the academy days and college days. And then when I got to the pros, maybe I, I even, I, even myself, I forgot it a little bit and I even let myself down mm. in my early days, but I would say like, making sure that no matter no matter what what's happening you have to be the hardest worker you have to be the first one to show up you have to be the last one to leave because mm-hmm. stuff like that the coach notices everyone notices like it, it just shows that you really really care and and that can go a long way and and if you're if you're obviously the, the first one there the last one there each and every single each each and every day you're you're going to get better no matter what you're getting, you're getting a little bit better each and every day. You're going to get fitter. You're going to get stronger, whatever you're doing. Uh, and then the coach realizes that, and eventually you're going to get your chance to prove yourself. And then it's up to you on what you do. Um, but yeah, just, just those things. Like, for example, like when I was earlier in my career in Philly, sometimes I forgot about that. Sometimes, you know, it could be the immaturity in my life when I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things like, they happen, you know, you're human, it's, it's going to happen. And then mm-hmm. those are things now in my, when I'm further along in my career where I, I can't forget where I have to do it if things aren't going my way. And, you know, it's going to happen again, even now in, in, in the future, in my future. So mm. those are just things that you just have to, you just have to keep doing for the, for the rest of your life, honestly. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I think that's a key point you brought, you brought up that it's like, you can't be a hundred percent all the time where you're the hardest worker. Sometimes you have to have those times where it's like, damn, I didn't put in that extra work today. And, you know, it's a reminder, but I think a key point you said there is don't, you know, kind of don't be too hard on yourself. Don't judge yourself, but just do the work. I think Mm -hmm. that that's massive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I can attest to that. And, and, you know, I've I've done that all the time um, where I'm I'm reflecting on on my, you know, my, my year or my month. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't good enough. And, and sometimes you don't even notice it. You don't notice it yeah. in the moment. It takes you, it takes a little yeah. bit to, you know, to, 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 for somebody to tell you, or, or you just taking a step back. One, one, uh, one example of my career was, um, 20, 2020, we, we make the playoffs, um, for the Rowdies. And I, I, I haven't made a playoff appearance yet because last year, the year before I was injured and I started every game that year. And then we lose the last game of the season, and and I didn't play well. And in the first game of the playoffs, I'm I'm not on the starting eleven, and I'm like, I, I started every game in the season, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm not starting the playoffs. So that was a really tough time for me. Um, yeah. And that whole week, honestly, I I like couldn't sleep. I'm calling my agent. I'm calling. My, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, nah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Like, there's no way. How <laughs> how am I how am I not gonna play? You know. And then. Um, by Wednesday, I'm like, you know what, you know, what, you know, no matter what, if he puts me in, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I didn't play my best this week in training. I was terrible at the game. So, you know, maybe it's better for the team. And, mm. you know, little by little, in, uh, just trying to change my mindset, trying to see the overall positive. 
And then I finally come in, the score is 2-2, two, two, and, and I, score, I score a goal. So it just, like, let out a bunch of emotions there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, then the next week I go into the coach's office, and I'm like, why did you start me, this and that? <laughs> uh, obviously respectful. I never, would never yeah. you know, go yeah. in there and, yeah. and tell him off. And he, he told me straight to my face, and he was like, Leo, honestly, like, I, I know what kind of player you are and what you're capable of, but, you know, these past, like, three weeks, you, you've, you've been shit. You've been bad. And I'm like – you know, it's hard for me to hear that, but it's true. I look back and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I haven't scored, mm. insisted. I haven't done anything. But, no, it, it worked out. And he was like, I don't even know if I'm going to start you next week. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Yeah. have to score the winning yeah. goal. So, yeah, Jeez. that's how I respect my coach so much. He's honestly one of the yeah. best coaches that I've had till this day. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, you know, I just going to put my head down, no problem. So, in the semifinals, again, don't start, but come in. And then I draw the foul. We score a free kick just like that. We win 1-0. And then in the finals, he was like, all right, I'm going to start you. So I started against Louisville. And then three minutes in the game, I had an assist. So that whole thing, just honestly, that that situation changed the the trajectory of my career. Because I thought I was working hard. I thought I was playing good. Mm. And and I thought I was going to start every game. And that just goes back to my original point where it's like, I was just comfortable. You know what I mean? I was comfortable exactly. in that situation. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to start. Exactly. No problem. I think I'm working hard. Like, I'm competing yeah. in training. But yeah. so after that 2020 playoff season just changed my career, changed the, you know, my career. 2021, I scored mm. 10 goals. And in 2022, I had 20 goals. So I think that little switch yeah. in the mindset, I think, really yeah. helped me out tremendously. And 2022, you were player of the year, yeah? Yeah, 22, yeah. MVP, yeah. It was, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would, for me, I always thought I can do it. No, like, I feel like I'm yeah. the best player on the field no matter what. That's just mindset, mentality. Love but that. to actually, like, yeah, to actually, for it to, to happen was was, a, was was just a blessing for, for the family and everyone to, to, you know, everyone behind the scenes that sees everything. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just that story just, you know, tell, tells a lot. I mean, you know, the first thing you could say is, you know, maybe it was, it was meant to be and meant to happen, you know, so you could flip that switch, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then you, you performed and you did what you had to do. And then the second thing is maybe the coach and then was able to just tune into your dark side energy and you were able to use that motivation to perform even better, which just led to a, you know, cascade of even better events. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, we can always regret things, but I think, it, you know, we just got to learn from our mistakes and our failures. And like you said before, if, if we overthink it and overjudge, it just leads to, to, you know, you going downhill instead of you learning from the failures and mistakes. Yeah, no, for sure, man. <laughs> to be honest, like even, even when I was, you know, having a great year in, in 2022 last year, scoring goals and assistant in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking like, I better score and assist this game or else I'm going to get benched <laughs> yeah, next game. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that was my driving force. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to get benched. Like I don't want to be on the bench. Yeah. So no matter what, yeah. I was like, I yeah. have to do something. So that's what I just kept yeah. going. And then I, I also had a similar situation, you know, my third year in Philly where mm. I was in pre, I was unbelievable in preseason start the first game against FC Dallas did all right. We lost. Start the second game against Columbus Crew. We won 2-0. I played really well. And in the third game, I'm on the bench. And I'm like, you know, 
why am I on the, on the bench? But it's just, you know, the, the DP, the number 10, was back from injury. So, okay, he's yeah. starting. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 23 years old, that's fine. Um, come off the bench, and I had an assist. So, you know, mm. still performing well. For, fourth game, I'm not even on the 18. So, that was just, wow. yeah. So, just just things yeah, like that. Yeah. But but when I was that, I was super young, and that went the opposite way. I was just like, you know, I'm done. Okay. Okay. This and that. So, yeah. Yeah. from that situation, yeah. I, I could have done a lot better, but I didn't. And, you know, that's life. I, I was 23 years old. Um I didn't have the, the strong mentality that I have, you know, now. So that was the learning experience for me. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, every, everyone talks nowadays. I think there are so many great books on building building a strong mentality and becoming stronger mentally. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the best way is to just, you know, like we said, learn from your mistakes and be able to build that mentality in your daily life. So, like, are there any, you know any mental, mental, I don't like to say tricks or mental hacks that you like to use to whether it's visualization, any type of meditation, or how do you kind of like when you're dealing with a frustrating emotion or frustrating experience, whether it's a bad result, bad training, you didn't perform your best in the game. How, how do you how do you deal with those um, poor emotions, so to say? Yeah, um... Yeah, for me, it, it changes over time. But I think the one thing that I always go back to is, well, the two things is always have someone to talk to, like that that's been through it. Whether it's it's my dad, uh, he he he's he's gone through everything that I've gone through. Uh, you know, even even my wife, I, I I trust her. And then the second thing is is just just put your head down and work. Like I've been saying, like be excited for that next session or that next game. Yeah. Because that's your yeah. your opportunity, and I think in, in soccer and football, the the good thing is that there's always another opportunity for you. There's always going to be another sure. training session. There's always going to be another game, so you can you can either, you know, you know, keep thinking about the past and how bad you played and how you didn't perform, mm-hmm. or just be excited mm-hmm. for the next opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something you also realize when when you get older is that like I think when you're younger, like you think it's like the end of the world. Every game is like make or break, but then you do realize there's, there's, there's many more opportunities and okay, maybe you don't play your best and you don't start the next game, but you're always going to have another chance to, to break back into the 11 or, you know, just do whatever you can and control what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, there's something that I still have, I have tough, a tough time dealing with. And last year with, yeah. when it comes to, it could come to performance, it could come to injury as well. Like if, if you have a little knock that and you, sh- you know, you shouldn't be playing, but mm. if you go on the field, you're only going to play, you're only going to play, perform bad. And you're only going to play worse. And then that's only going to make you look bad for the future instead of just taking time and making sure you're a hundred percent fit where mm. you can, you can, you know, not go on the field and, and not perform at, at your, your best, uh, best ability. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I think that that's a great point that it's like, you know, we think that obviously we always want to be playing. And if we have our starting 11 spot, even if we're hurting, we want to push through it. But sometimes you really got to listen to the body and, and take a couple of days off, whether it's the trainings or even a game off. So 
you you miss out maybe on one game instead of missing out on like half the season or or many games. So I, I think that's a great point that also that I'd love to point out to younger people, younger listeners is you really got to listen to your body. And obviously there are times you got to push, you know, when, when you're, when you're sore and you're fatigued, you got to push, but when you do feel those sharp pains and, yeah. you know, definitely consult like a physio and really listen to the body. I think that's massive. Yeah. hundred percent. There's definitely a difference between like feeling a little bit sore and yeah, you, yeah. you you can't kick the ball, you know, there's something in your quad or yeah. something like yeah. that. There's a big difference. And, and one, one, one bad decision really can, like you said, keep you out for three, four, five, six months. And that's the one sure. thing you're trying to avoid. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, with, with that being said, I know you're, you're going through an injury right now. How are yeah. you, how are you kind of looking at that? I know that, that like we talked about, I think probably the best thing to build the mind really go through that injury and take it step by step. But how, how have you kind of looked at that from a, from a macro standpoint and, and how, how are you dealing with it day to day? Yeah, no, honestly, to be, to be completely honest with you, this is uh, the biggest challenge of my, my life and, and my career. Uh, for, for people that don't know, I, I ruptured my Achilles in, in a preseason game. And, and, the, and that one is, is, is not a fun, uh, fun injury. Everyone knows that, but to be, to be honest, uh, each day is completely different. One day I'll wake up com- super motivated, uh, trying to take on the world. Um, and then the next day I, I, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to even, you know, make myself breakfast. But um, what's helped me is uh, I started the rehab process already. I'm going into the tr- training facility. So I'm seeing the guys. I'm being around the team already. So that's that's really helped, you know, my mental aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. Um and each day I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm looking at it as each day is, is a battle. I'm trying to win each battle and eventually I'm going to win the war. Um, but uh, honestly, right now it, it's feeling great. Um, the, the wound is completely healed and I already started my, my rehab, like I said, and little by little, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the road to, to the field again. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. How, how long is the expected to your back? So, you know, with the kids, it's tough. It, it really just depends on, on, on the athlete, on the person. And mm. they, they give you a rough time timetable, six to eight months. Um, but, you know, I, I flew out to New York to get the surgery done. One of the, uh, wow. one of the, one of the a good doctor that was recommended by an old teammate. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, no pressure. I'm, I, I want to be back in, in six months. But my end of the end of the my, my goal, you know, end of the tunnel is, is really to be a hundred percent, you know, fit, um, stronger than I was when, before this by, uh, by next year in preseason. So I'm not, Love I'm not that. trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to rush it. Um, but you know, you never know, you never know. I'm just going to listen to the body and, and see what happens. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think it's, it's huge to have big goals. And then I think the second thing to point out that's, you know, uh, you've had such, such a great career till this point. And, you know, the, the fact that you, that you, you're vulnerable enough to say that there are some days that you're ready to, to, to smash the world. And then there are some days where you don't want to get out of bed and that's just natural. You know, we're human, you know, you can't be a robot. Like obviously we listen to Kobe, we listen to these guys and, you know, we want to be like them, but at the end of the day, we're all human. You know, so I think, like you said, the most important thing is really listening to the body and then not rushing it, you know, especially 
you know, obviously the career you've had, you, you know, at this point, but I think for, for the younger athletes, like I think coming back from ankle sprains and, and, and stuff like this, we try to rush. I mean, I've done it myself. I'm not sure if you have, but you know, and, and then you come back to the field and it's like, you feel really good for, for that season, but then you start to see, wow, that ankle sprain led to this hip pain or, or that yeah. ankle sprain led to this knee thing. So I think one thing that I wish I knew when I was younger is really do listen to, to the, to the physio and the PT because, you know, they know what they're doing. Don't, don't rush back and really take it step by step. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. And I think, uh, yeah, for me, like you said, I've a hundred percent done that. I've rushed back from injuries just to, to get on the field when I definitely shouldn't have. Um, but you know, we're, we're, like you said, we're all human. We all want to, to play. We all want to be the best that we can be. But we, the number one thing is you have to, you have to listen to the people that know better than you. And, and you're, you're never going to exactly. you think you might know everything, but that's, that, that's not, <laughs> yeah. not the case. That's definitely not the case. But like you said, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I, 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 I tried to, to fake, not fake, fake, uh, pain or, I just try to do whatever it took to get on the field when I know I shouldn't have. And then I, I end up um, costing my team a, a bad performance. And then I'm only hurting mm. the team. I'm only hurting the coaching staff. So making everyone else look bad. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for me, it's, it's the biggest big, biggest lesson I'm, I'm learning from this is, is, is just to listen to my body. If, if I'm feeling good, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for it. If not, I need to take a step back and, and just, you know, just rest. For sure. Yeah, I love it, bro. Yeah, so if we could just take it back real quick, when did you realize that you wanted to be a pro? Obviously, you had great influence from your dad. He sent you to Brazil. When did you finally know deep inside yourself? Because I, I think that's the most important part when you look inside yourself and you commit to it. When did you know that you wanted to to chase this? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, when it, 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 around that time when it's like, 13 to, to 16, um, I'm, I'm, I'm playing every day, I'm training, I'm going to Brazil. The, the problem was I, I wasn't, I wasn't, like I said, I was never the best player on my team. So I wasn't getting looks from college. I wasn't getting, you know, these pro opportunities at, at such a young age. But I think, like I said, my mentality, my dad in my corner, he was, he, he actually was like, Leo, no matter what happens, if, if you go, if you, if you don't get any scholarship to go to college, if you don't get any pro pro uh, tryouts in, in the U.S., I'm sending you to Brazil. Like you're gonna make it somewhere. And I'm just like, shit, I have I have no choice. Like I, this, this is, I'm gonna figure it out one way or another. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think once once uh yeah once once I actually did end up going to college, I was playing really well and. My, in my mindset, I, I went to college to play soccer. I didn't go to college to study. You know, so as much as, as bad as that sounds, that was just yeah, that was just student how, athlete stuff. Man. Exactly. I was just you know I was very <laughs> focused. I was one you know one, one track minded, and I'm like I'm already I, I'm treating this like I'm already on a pro team. You know what I mean? I have the locker room. Mm -hmm. I have I have the athletic trainers. I have the gym. So I'm I'm here just to this is just my my first stop, and then I'm gonna go somewhere else. And mm -hmm. once I started playing really well at, at Stony Brook, and I, I, I really thought to myself that any, anything is possible. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, uh, so, so you, you, you seem to have a re really good, you know, college career. And then how, how did that go 
how'd you get drafted by Union? Yeah, so after my my senior year, um, well, sorry, my junior year, I, I went and played PDL, uh, which is USL League Two now, uh, with, with Reading United, and they're affiliated with the Philadelphia Union. Uh, and I, I played, I maybe played like 12, 13 games, and I didn't even have a great season, but I guess like their scouting department, they, they saw something in me. They must have saw something in me because I, I honestly wasn't, you know, I wasn't scoring so many goals in, in the PDL. It was just, it was a different environment for me. A lot of good players from all over, all over the, the country that went to like UNC and Creighton and all these big time schools. And I was that a guy from Stony Brook and they're like, where's Stony Brook? And I'm like, you know, it's Long Island. Come on. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. then my senior year, I ended up having a really good year. I was All-American, and I, and for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't make the MLS Combine. Um, and for me, I, I look back at it now, it was actually a blessing in disguise because everyone that went to the mm-hmm. Combine, they performed terribly. Just because it's like you get, mm-hmm. 32, you get 32 guys and just put them on a team, 11 v. 11, and nobody knows each other. So everyone didn't really look that great. So my stock rose when, when I didn't even go to the combine. And I, I, I ended up getting drafted in the last round. It's like supplemental. Last pick, Philly mm. picked five players over me, and I was the sixth pick. Um, and went through preseason. Philly ended up cutting the first five guys and just signed me. So that was wow. – uh, wow. yeah, it was it was an incredible uh, preseason. Uh and something that honestly, I, it, it's something I'll, I'll never forget because it, it changed my life, you know. Um, and I went, in, I went in there just thinking like, this is my, this is my chance. Like, this is exactly what I wanted. I, I didn't, I knew I wasn't, you know, when you get drafted, you're not signing a contract. It's just, a, it's just a trial. You know what I mean? So, in, in my mind, I'm like, perfect. This is what I want. I just want to show people that I can ball, that I can play. And mm-hmm. my chance came the first week we played Orlando City in preseason. We were down 1-0. They subbed me in in the 75th minute, and ball comes in the box. I chested it and volleyed it. Probably one of the, still one of the best goals in my career. Right, right after that, they, they, they offered me the contract. So I was just like, all right, it's meant to be. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy experience from college to pro. Um, but never, never thought I was – I never had a guarantee that I was going to get drafted. The only guarantee in my mind was like, mm-hmm. I better train every single day because I'm there's an opportunity coming, and I don't know where it could be in the U.S., mm-hmm. it could be in Brazil, could be in in the mm-hmm. U.S.L., could be in, in in Europe, but I'm gonna train every single day so I can be a hundred percent ready for this for this opportunity. And the opportunity came, and and I smashed it. Love that, love that. So so, how long did you spend at Union? I was there four years. Okay. okay. Yeah, four years in Philly. Yeah, four years in Philly. Uh, loaned out one year to New York Cosmos, and that was that was another okay. great experience. Yeah, yeah. But great, great four years in Philly. Never, I would say, I learned the most in my life those four years in Philly. Uh, just really? dealing with dealing with setbacks, dealing with what things, what not to do as a pro. <laughs> uh, mm. And, you know, just, just being, so, let, so let's get into that a bit. What did you, yeah. what did you, yeah. What, what did you learn? Uh, you know, yeah, days, for, you know, let's say top three things you learned from the four years in Philly. Okay. So I would say, so my first year, my first two years, um, uh, so I had, a, I had a roommate 
And he was one of those one of those roommates where, you know, he was the last one to get there and first one to leave. And I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car at the time. Uh, excuse me, my tw- I was 20 years old, just moved to Philly, uh, so I didn't have a car, and I was always riding with him. And whenever I wanted to stay after and, and do some stuff, I couldn't just because I had to leave. Uh, but as time went on, I, I realized that that was just an excuse. I could have stayed. I could have, you know, done the work and then found a ride back with somebody else. You know what I mean? So that was the number one thing. Like I found an excuse not to stay and do extra stuff in the gym or on the field. That was number one right away. I, I realized that because I see I see players now in, in even in Tampa, and I'm like, hey, you young player, you you, you got to be the last one to leave, man. You're you're 22 years old. You're gonna regret that in in the future. So mm-hmm. I try to help them out like that. Um, yeah. Never, speaking of that, sorry to interrupt you. Do, do you when you see that from a younger player, would you? Do you go up to because this is something I have debated about. Like, do you go up to them and tell them like what you think is right from your experience, or do you wait till they ask you advice? You know, I, since I've been in Tampa for so long, I've been very lucky. I've been here for sure. six years. Yeah. Um, everyone, they know who I am. They respect me, uh, yeah. and and we have a lot of academy players that come in and, and sign first year deals. And I honestly, I tell them right away, I, I put my arm around them and I'm like, Hey man, like you, you, you don't take this, don't take this for granted. Like you want to put yeah. as much work as you can right now, because it's going to fly by. By the time you, you blink and you open your eyes, you're going to be 26, 27 and where, who knows where you'll be, but you're going to yeah. be like, damn, I should have put in some work. I was so young. My body doesn't get sore. You know, I can shoot a hundred shots. I can do whatever I want. And I won't get sore. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I tell them straight up. And, and honestly, we've been lucky with, with some of these kids that come in and they, they, they're, they're listening. They, they're taking all the advice. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see that they're, the, the players that come in, they, they really want to learn. They really want to get better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that also has to do with, with probably the, the academy structure, you know, and, and the culture there. I, I think yeah. that's massive, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think um, you know since since 20, 2019, our team has been one of the best teams in, in the second tier here in the in the U.S. We made four or five finals in a row, uh, and, and that has to do, like you said, like with, with our culture. We we've built something really special over here uh, with the coaching staff, you know, with me and some other veteran guys, and and it it's really. You know, the locker room is, 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 is a very, you know, family oriented place. But, you know, if someone is, is messing up the, the, the vibe, the chemistry, we, we tell them straight away, like, hey, we don't do that around here, this mm. and that. And I think it, it makes it easier for, for new guys to sure. come in and, and fit right in. You know what I mean? It's, it's tougher for a, yeah. new, a new player, a, a young player to come in and, and there is no culture and you don't know what to do. You don't know what, what, exactly. what is, exactly. uh, what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. So I think when you're coming into a place like where we have, it, it just it helps everyone else. It helps the coach, it helps us, and it helps the, the young players. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that flow, that chemistry, that communication is huge, man. Yeah, man. So, so before I interrupted you, uh, where are we at? Uh, lesson two of four years in, in, uh, in Philly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say there's a, there's a time and place when to, when to have your fun, you know, at night, um, you know, when you're celebrating yeah. a win and, 
And it, you know, to, to, to be completely honest, man, I was, I was 21, 22. I just started getting money. You know what I mean? Like you're in college, you, you have, you're broke, you have no money. And then it's the first time I'm living, you know, in another state. And it was, and, and you know, roommate, our roommates, we, we would, we were single. We, I didn't have my wife to, to keep me under control. So, you know, all, all these things yeah. are a learning, learning experience. And, and to be fair, it didn't, it didn't affect me on the field because you're 21, you're 22, you can get away with these things. But in my mind, I'm like, if I'm, if I'm doing this at, at 25, 26, I'm not going to have the career that I want. I'm not going to be able to, to yeah. play, yeah. you know, over a decade. I'm not going to be able to play till I'm 35, you know. So I think those little things I, I was able to, to catch on and, and learn quickly. So I, I ended up, you know, stopping those bad habits uh, where it didn't affect my, my career in the long term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, th that's a great point. I think it's kind of under talked about at that age. Like, how would you recommend like balancing, balancing your, your social life and, and being a true professional? Because I think, you know, I think it's, we have a lot of young guys, you know, now going in and, and they get, like you said, they get exposed to all this, you know, all this great stuff and it's tempting, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't deny it, but, but I think, you know, like, like you've been saying from the beginning, I mean, you know, obviously the listeners know how good of a player you are, but also the discipline that you have within the mind and, you know, how, how can you remain disciplined, but still enjoy your social life? Because I know for you as a Brazilian, you know, you, you love the social. I mean, I do too. Yeah. Like, man, like you got to yeah. get out, you got to enjoy it with the boys and have fun, but you also got to stay disciplined. And there are nights you got to go home and go to sleep early. And so how do you, how do you balance that? Yeah. There, for, uh, you know, as, as time went by, I, I look back and, and I think the, what I would have preferred, especially in my, my first two years, if it was possible just to, to live with either, honestly, like a family member, like my, my mom and my dad, as much as it sounds like you don't want to be babysitted, but you know, they'll, they'll keep you grounded. They'll keep you focused and that, or honestly, just, just really keep talking to the veteran guys, keep talking to the old guys and be like, Hey, like mm, yep. it, it, what am I, what I'm doing is, is it, is it helping me? Is it making me worse? Like, it, am I doing too much? And just just keep talking, keep the communication open with with the veteran guys, just because they've been there, they're they're still there for a reason. Yeah. They're still playing because they they were doing something right. And you know, those were my two my two uh, my two advices that I can think of. And then honestly, like like just mm. just just uh, there's a time and place for everything. We you, you know when it's time to celebrate. Yeah. You know when it's time to celebrate a good win. Yeah. And you know when you shouldn't be doing something. So I think those are. Just a little bit piece of advice that I can think of right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge point. I mean, you even said it with the with the physios and, and the PTs regarding the injury. You know, when you're younger, you think you know everything, and uh, I think the best thing to do, like you said, is to reach out to those veteran players and don't be afraid to do it. You know, like I think they'll respect you even more for it because they'll see you're you're a true professional and you actually care about the longevity of your career. Because we've all seen young and talented guys come and go, you know, due to behavior and, and, and other things. So I think, you know, not being afraid to reach out and, and get advice from, from veterans is, is a massive tip. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, something that I regret, but I also don't regret because I learned so much, you know, through those through those uh, experiences. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So after Philly, uh, where'd you go next? So I had a I was loaned out to the New York Cosmos for one year, um, and that ended up being my best. Well, besides. Uh, 2021, 2022. That year in the New York Cosmos was one of my best uh, years in my career. Um, I ended up winning uh, the Young Player of the Year. Uh, I scored, I think it was nine goals and a couple assists. And to be to be honest, that team that we had was honestly one of the best teams that I've played on. I've played with uh, Raul Gonzalez, Real Madrid legend, Marco Senna, Villarreal legend, yeah. and then a bunch of MLS players that were really good at the time. And to be fair, that New York Cosmos team was better than my Philadelphia Union team at the time, just because they were they were they were well they were older they were more experienced veteran group and in Philly we were most mostly like 25, 23, 24 year like young yeah. team, so I think I yeah. learned a hundred I learned way more in my year with the Cosmos, you know learning from players like Raúl. Marcos and, and some other other guys that, that played for forever mm. and I think that was a big reason why I had such a good year I was able to to copy these guys I was able mm. to just you know speak to them each and every day see how they train see how they they took care of their yeah. bodies yeah. massage therapists and all, all that good stuff um, and honestly mm. that that really changed my my outlook as a pro um, I honestly do believe that I would I would have learned it eventually in Philly or wherever else, but having those guys was a major uh, plus and, and a benefit in, in my career. For sure. What, what would you say your, your number one takeaway was from those guys in, in terms of how they conducted themselves on and off the pitch? Yeah, I think, I think I, I would say like the, their, their training intensity was, was a big step up mm -hmm. and, you know, a funny story with Raul. Raul, at the time he came to us, he was 35, 36, older guy, still unbelievable player. Uh, we were in preseason. We just had a we had a hard session um, on like a Tuesday. It was, we were doing two a days, so we had a hard second session on a Tuesday, and then we go Wednesday morning. And our coach was like, "All right, it's going to be a relaxing session. We're going to play soccer, tennis, and." I'm looking at Raul. Raul was pissed. I'm like, why is this guy pissed? Like, we're playing soccer. This is fun. And and then obviously our coach is like, Raul, Raul's mad. Like, what do I do? Like, he doesn't want to upset Raul. And you know, Raul goes to him. He's like, this is preseason. We need to be training. We have a we have our first game in 11 days or whatever it was. And you know, at that you can if you see that from a guy that's 35, he's won everything. He's won Champions League. He's, uh, he's won, uh, you know, the Euros with Spain. Um, and you're like, all right, this guy still wants to train every session like that. Um, you, 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 you really get inspired. And then what, what sucked was the next, the second session that day was the hardest session of preseason. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but honestly, though, you can see how intense this, these guys were and, and, and how they trained every session. They didn't take any sessions off, mm. you know, so it was a real eye opener. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so after after the Cosmos, did you end up? Did you go over to Tampa after that? Yeah, and then uh, twenty seventeen, I, I moved to Tampa. Uh, me and me and my wife, we came down to Tampa, and honestly, we we've been here ever since. Uh, it's been a blessing, 
you know, you know, as a footballer, you don't get to stay in the place for over over five or six years. So yeah. we've been very yeah. lucky. Yeah. We got we, we have two two kids now. They go to school here, um, and and it wasn't it wasn't by it it wasn't by it wasn't by choice at all. It wasn't like all right, we're gonna come to Tampa, we're gonna stay here forever. You know what I mean? Things things happen. My mm. I, I, honestly, my my goal was you know come to Tampa one year and go back up to MLS, go to Europe or or something like that. Um, but it just it didn't work out that way. My first two years in Tampa were mm. tough. We we didn't have a good team. Um, so you, you're not, you're not going to move up if you're not playing well and your team is, isn't, isn't, you know, succeeding or making the playoffs. And, and then, and then my third year, that's when we had our new, we got our new coach and ever since then, you know, our relationship, our team has just, you know, taken off. Um, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, been here ever since. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I know also the vibe, I'm sure, outside of football is also unbelievable out there. Just just really chill and uh, good weather, of course. And obviously you said, I mean, the the, the club is, is just very professional and, and great environment. So I'm sure, you know, it fits fits really well for you. Yeah, man, for sure. I think, I think honestly, when, when, um, when we, me and my wife first were going to move down here, you know, she's from New York. I, I played in New York and Philly, mm-hmm. both Northeast, you know, cities and very yeah. high, high pace, high, high, you know, you know what it is, you know how, yeah. it, you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we were kind of nervous moving down to Florida. We're like, bro, we have, we have not, we don't know what to expect, you know? And honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been, it's been great, man. Um, it's really, it's opened our eyes. We really enjoy it. Uh, our kids love it down here. So it's been, it's been nothing but, uh, but good times down here. That's awesome, dude. With that being said, like how, um, you know, before, so say when, when you were single, just for people who are single, you know, in terms of getting the mind off of football, you know, cause I think when you, when you have a girlfriend, you have a wife, you know, it's easy and it's great to just hang out with her and, and get your mind off football and, and not be thinking of it 24 seven. But how would you, would you recommend, you know, people to, you know, get their mind off football? Like what did you enjoy besides football to kind of get your mind off on off days? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I can remember just honestly, just hanging out with, with, with the teammates and, and just doing you know things that that really just build build bonds, build chemistry, and whether that's like playing playing FIFA, playing video games, um, you know, going out to to coffee shops, restaurants, just just spending times with them, and and, and just enjoying sure. the day and not having to 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 worry about the pressures of, of you know making the, the starting eleven or the the bench or stuff like that. Um, and then also when I was when I was in New York, uh, I was able to to go visit my mom and my dad, you know, in the off days and just be around family and and just stop thinking about the the, the grind and and you know all the pressures that come with with football. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's really really key to be able to do that. Just switch off sometimes. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So, so, you know, obviously, based off of our conversation and how how hard of a worker you are, what are what would you say like are some of the top habits that that uh, you implemented throughout your career that you would pass along to to any youngsters listening? Any you know habits, 
whether it's in the gym, you know, nutrition wise, sleep recovery, anything that you, you would pass along, you know, based on how, how long you've been playing already. Yeah, no, um, you know, I always, I always, I always think about that and, and just try to look at the overall big picture of, of the common theme that I, that I did since I was, you know, 13 till, till even now. And I think it yeah. was, it was honestly my, it was my discipline. I was, I was a very disciplined kid. Um, I knew what I had to do in order to become a better soccer player. And, and, and that's honestly, you, you, you have to avoid the distractions. There's so many distractions and, mm-hmm. and from thir- 13 to 16, there's this certain distraction. And then from 16 to 21, there's another type of distraction and 21 to 25. So each, each phase, there's, there's a bunch of distraction. And you have to stay disciplined on, on what you what you want to achieve and what you want to get to. Um, and, you know, for me, it was like if I have a certain certain, um, you know, workout that I'm doing every week, I have to do it. That's, you know, that's the discipline that I have to get it done. And and I honestly, I don't think I've ever missed any any workouts, any pickup games, any, um, you know, training sessions because I was I was very disciplined. After that, then I would have my fun. I would hang out with some friends. Even after an, a long night out. <laughs> hey, in Philly, we had we had you know if we won the game Saturday, you can enjoy it with yourself. But you have to you have to be in, in the training facility yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday morning for the for the regen. You know, so a hundred percent, you you, sure. you can't miss any. You couldn't miss any, and you just have to be disciplined. If, if you knew that you couldn't handle being up in the morning, then don't go out. Don't don't have your fun. You know, wait until you have two days off. Wait until you get a little vacation. So that that was me. I, I was super disciplined in college. You know, even in college, you know how how you know how I can get in college. Just parties every single day, um, mm. and yeah, never 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 att- attended them. Never, uh, you know, had had too much fun just because I knew what my end, end goal was, and that was to to make it pro in any country in sure. any in any continent. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, you know, great, great point. I mean, I, I heard something from, I don't know if you ever heard of Ed Milet, but he was on a call, he was on a podcast with this guy, Andy Frisell, and it just reminded me what you said. He said, winning is more fun than fun is fun. So, so that was, it was really interesting. Like, have your fun, but not too much fun. You know, don't get out of hand. And, you know, everyone has their own balance. I think everyone could handle it their own way. But I, but I think that's huge what you said. I mean, you know, there, there's so many shiny objects out there that it's like if you have that goal, you just got to, mm-hmm. like you said, you put that head down, that New York mindset and just go. Yeah, you know? it, yeah for sure, man. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if that was the New York mindset. But, yeah, I, I honestly like, yeah, like I, I put my head down and I'm like, this is what I want. This is what I'm getting. And. Look, if I don't achieve it, it's because it's because you know I, I, maybe I wasn't good enough or this and that. But I'm gonna give you all my effort, a hundred percent. Like, there's, I'm not gonna leave anything to to oh, oh I could have done this better, I could have done that better. I'm gonna give you my, my full you know my full hundred percent energy. And then if I don't achieve it, maybe I'll get something else. Maybe it just wasn't for me, mm-hmm. and I will go somewhere else and, and you know go for for another uh, objective. For sure. Yeah, I love that, bro. I love that. Yeah, man. Th- thanks so much for coming on. Just last question. 
of the day, if you could go back to yourself at any age with the knowledge you have today, 31 years old, what age would you go to and what would you tell yourself? Oh, man, that's a tough question, man. Any age. Any age, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I would think, I would, I would say, like, I would say, honestly, it would either have to be, oh, yeah, when I was, like, 14 or 15 to, to you know, to train even harder, you know, because as much as I say I was training, I was training, what, two, three times a week just because of that's, that's when the teams practice, two, three times a week, and then sometimes I wouldn't do my individual sessions or whatever, uh, so I would say, yeah, keep grinding, keep doing that and just go harder, work on your, your right foot. Even to this day, my right foot's not that good, but you know, I, I, I like to use the outside of my foot on my left, but, um, that, or like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, it, it when, when I was 20, 21 in Philly, um, you know, just, this is your, this is your chance to, to go as high as you want in, 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 in the soccer world. Um, and you know. And especially at that age, like you have one or two great games, you you, you don't know next year you could be in playing in, in Germany in the first division, you know. Okay. So I think I would I would tell myself that, but in the end, like I have I have no no regrets. I've learned so much. I, I, I love where I'm at today. Um, but in terms of, of working hard, you can always work harder and also smarter, but I I, I would say that where where I can do better was was at that age, thirteen to, to fifteen, you know, and then also when I was twenty twenty one in Philly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome, bro! I appreciate you taking the time, man. I I really do, and you know, love to hear your story, especially coming from from my neck of the woods. And, yeah. Uh, really wish you, you the best of luck, man, with with the injury, man. And honestly, I'm you know. Based off of what we heard through the conversation and all the discipline, I'm sure you will come back stronger, man. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Let me know if you uh, if you ever need anything. If anybody ever needs anything, you know me. I I, I, I'm an open book. I I I love to help any any way I can. Yeah, great, man. And with that being said, where could people find you? You know, if if they want advice, stuff like that. Where's the best place to reach you? Uh, yeah, Instagram, Leo Fernandez 10. Okay. Um, yeah, Twitter, okay. I think it's like Leo Fernandez. I, I got hacked last year, so I had to make a new one. <laughs> but I, okay, okay. Yeah, but, but just Instagram was probably the best space. Okay. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of the weekend, man. Appreciate it. You too, man. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.